At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. This is Business Inspires, a monthly podcast of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. To run a successful business, you need resources, valuable connections, and community recognition. Business Inspires will provide you with the tools, resources, and examples to inspire you to create the business you're envisioning. Here's Michelle Wilson, Executive Director of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. Hi there, this is Michelle Wilson with the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership, and today I'm very excited to be speaking with my friend, uh, Stephen Weaver, owner of the Candle Lab. And Steve, thank you for being with us, first of all. Thank you for having me. You've done a few podcasts around town. We were just talking about that before we started this, and uh, I want this one to be a little bit different in the in the fact that um, I think most people listening will know your product and probably have been into the store or have a candle burning somewhere in their home or office. Um, but we, we really try to create a, a little different connection on this show with our business owners in the Tri-Village area that we want to know um, why you do what you do and what got you here. So we typically always start with the first question of this being, when you were little, what did you want to be when you grow up? Well, I am unusual in that I knew from kindergarten on and never wavered that I wanted to go into politics. It's something that I, I can't ever remember wanting to do something different. And I, uh, I, I mean, I was exposed to lots of different things, but I never really wavered my, my career choice. Politics was always fascinating to me that there was a group that people would just elect representatives to head off and make the rules that would govern their lives. And just the whole process was fascinating to me. Um, and so I ended up going to college in DC and worked the first 10 years of my professional life in politics. I mean, you, you, dreamt of what you wanted to do and you did it that I don't I haven't heard that very often <laughs> as the answer most people say you know I I, I had no idea I was going to be a grocer but uh here I am and and you dreamt it and you did it that's fascinating it was it was something I was very passionate about and I, I'm I'm glad I did it I was thrilled to leave it behind um you know after 10 years I had seen every dark corner of the of the world of politics and had was ready for a, a new change but I'm I'm grateful that I had the time in there and that I that I went to college in DC and was kind of immersed in that culture for uh for a while there. I lived there after I graduated. So I got I got my full dose of my first career and was ready for something new. That's that's pretty cool. So um have you did you I should say did you now with with new uh developments but did you watch House of Cards? I did. Yes, I, I'm. Did it give you shivers? <laughs> it brought back a lot of memories. I, I my my first uh, my first two years out of college, I worked on Capitol Hill for two different members of Congress, and so it was um, particularly the part when you know the first couple seasons when he's still in Congress. Uh, it was it was a lot of good and bad memories coming back. Yeah, I bet, I bet. We spoke with Hernando Posada on our last podcast, and he also very politically active. Um, I don't know if you know Hernando with Mill Street Distillery no. and now the new Endeavor Brewing. Oh, good. Okay. And he's a great guy, but a huge political background. And so it's fascinating to me that uh, 
uh, two podcasts in a row, we, we have that background, <laughs> but then you, you both have uh, ventured off into something extremely different from where you started. So I, while I know some of the story, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention how you got from politics to uh, candle making. Well, my, my last political gig was I, I, I owned my own political consulting company. It was uh, kind of one half web design firm and one half uh, consulting firm where we would we would embed ourselves into campaigns uh, and and build their website for them and then teach them how to use it. This was in the early day of the the early days of the website. So uh, politicians and campaign managers knew they needed a website, but they didn't know anything about it or how much it would cost or how to how to use it or format their message for the web. So. So we would build the site and then we would stay with the campaign and, and, and basically coach them and how to, how to recruit volunteers and raise money online, um, before that was a really popular thing. And it reached a point where I was just running out of people that I wanted to help get elected, um, and that I had seen just enough of the dirty side of politics that I knew it didn't matter how well, we conducted our business as long as you are dealing with shady characters, which there are some shady characters in the world of politics, <laughs> uh, that eventually you were going to get sucked into that. And that happened to us a couple times. So after after coming to that realization, I closed down my political company and I gave myself a couple months to just figure out what I wanted to do next. All of my – obviously all of my experience and all my contacts were in the political world. Um, and so the woman I was dating at the time um, – Every time I would go to her apartment, she would have three or four candles burning just nonstop. Uh, she was burning Yankee candles, and I, I couldn't believe how much of her disposable income she was spending on candles. And they never seemed to smell true to scent to me. They always smelled very artificial and syrupy and perfumey. And so, uh, so she had a really strong background in in retail. She had been with Abercrombie and Fitch for ten years uh, in various uh, roles for them. And so, I convinced her that. It would be a good move while we were still dating to quit her job at Abercrombie and we would start a candle <laughs> store together. Uh, and I, you know, when what was happening, I think the plan was always I was going to get her set up with her own business. I was going to get her a candle store and get her off and running. And then I would go figure out what I really wanted to do. And now, 11 years into it, um, we are now married and there's never been a time when I could go do my own thing. So uh, this has been a ride we, we're on together and I'm going to do it for the foreseeable future. So. That's that's great. And I think what fascinates me about you and Katisha and the Candle Lab is that you're continuously changing. You're you're not remaining the same. You you change up your stores, you change up your community partnerships. You have locations in several communities, um, not only in Columbus, but Cincinnati. Um, am I missing one? Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, as well. yes. Yeah, yeah. And um and you're really good about just trying to stay fresh and and, and be responsive to your customers' input, and you know I think that's clearly part of your success. It's it's been uh, yes. I, I thank first of all thank you for that, and I, I do I do think that is um, one of the reasons why we have stuck around and are continuing to grow is because I, I people who are starting a business always tell me like can you help me edit my business plan, and I always have to chuckle a little bit and say your business plan is not going to survive. You know, two months into your into your business, it's a good, it's an important intellectual exercise. You got to do it in the beginning. You got to kind of flush out all of your ideas, but ultimately, your customers are going to tell you who you are and what they want from you. And you know, the businesses that can listen to that and can adjust and adapt, um, you know, I think are the ones that are that are built for for long term success. So, all of our moves have come directly from customers saying, "Hey, you know, have you ever thought about doing this?" Or, "This is what I really wish I could get from you," uh, and then we just kind of follow that uh, 
wherever that leads us. And it's led us into many different things. Yeah. And you've, you've not been afraid to, um, look into new options that, that maybe didn't pan out. I remember at some point there was going to be a mobile candle lab and you know, that's okay. I mean, I think that's, what's, what's great is that you're, you're not afraid to try new things. And if they don't work, you don't just jump into them and, and you make sure that that's what's going to fit your business model and, and fit the community. Yes. We, so we, we keep a core purpose and a core mission, and then we are willing to try lots of different things in to to see what is the best way of accomplishing that. So, you know, we have at the heart of it, we think that custom fragrance is and is a is a great way of improving your life. If you're if you're putting together a space for your home or your office, you know, you spend lots of time thinking about the paint color that you're going to use and the art that you're going to hang on the wall and the lamps and the pillows that tie all that space together. We we're trying to get fragrance added to that list of like if you're going to create if you're going to build out your man cave it can't smell like summer meadow glade plug and it's got to <laughs> smell like you know like Ron Burgundy it's got to smell like bourbon and and old books and and so so we're 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 on a mission to convince people that like thinking about scent as a way to tie together the spaces where they spend their their time um, is is time well spent it's a good investment um, and so we are. We're going to deliver that message of custom fragrance as, you know, in any different, in, in all different ways and in different places and in different contexts so that people begin to experience it. Um, you know, every year, for example, we, we go out to the parade of homes and we pick a couple home builders and we scent each room of their house. So as you're moving through these homes that are so beautifully decorated and they're so beautifully built, as you walk in each room, there's a scent. You know, if you were looking at a picture in a magazine and you imagine what that room would smell like, we're trying to create the scent that is exactly like that. And as you move through these homes and you're looking at the visual design and then you're seeing how the scent really ties it together, then people leave there and, you know, they'll sometimes leave the Parade of Homes and come straight to our store and say, okay, I was just at your Parade of Homes house and now I want to do this for my home. Uh, so that's, you know, that's an example of where we will go out and find ways to tell our story to our customers wherever they are. And so as far as marketing, um, I mean, one of the things I, I tell my friends and colleagues and associates is that you're really one of the smartest marketers I know. Thank you for you, that. You really are. I mean, you, you're incredibly smart and, uh, I, I, you know, I, I love the way you think. And um, so with that, are you, are you the marketing team for, I mean, you, you've, while you've grown and expanded, you've stayed relatively small as far as staffing. Right, we we spend our payroll dollars on on frontline on frontline employees. So the, the staff that is dealing with customers is where we spend most of our money, and then our our, our corporate office is very lean. In fact, there's just three of us. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that. I I have done the marketing for the first eleven years, and we just hired our first director of marketing. Uh, she starts December first, so wow. I'm I am excited uh, to be passing off some of this and to have somebody who can help me with this. But it for to me, I've always been able to hire out all the other parts, but at the core of it is storytelling and because marketing to me is just storytelling. It's if you can tell your story to the right people who will hear it and think it's a value, that's better than trying to force yourself into places where you're going to have to work hard and spend money to try to overwhelm people with, uh, you know, with brand impressions. So, uh, you know, what marketing done correctly is presenting the right opportunity to the right person at the right time where they say like, I'm, I'm so glad I found out about this company that can help me do this thing that I'm, I'm trying to do. So that's always been our, our marketing approach. And it's one that's served us very well. So that's been very deliberate. So my next question then is: You've hired this person, and I'm sure he or she will be great. But how do you how do you hire somebody to think like Steve? 
Yes. Well, um, that's it's going to be it's going to be a challenge. But we're we're hiring her partly because she comes with a whole set of skills um, that are that are different from mine. So I think we're going to be very complimentary. I'm certainly not going to drop all of this stuff and 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 walk away. Uh, it's going to be. I think we're going to be very complimentary to one another. I'm I'm trying to get somebody to spend more time on the day to day stuff. Uh, that sometimes you know, because being a business owner and being the marketing person, when we get busy. Some of those, the, the ongoing marketing things like social media and, and your email newsletter that's got to go out, those things will sometimes suffer if my owner hat is taking over. And so uh, that has been probably our, our number one weakness is that our marketing plan is great as long as I've got the time the time to do it. So uh, I'm excited to have somebody that can come in and be somewhat insulated from that so that every every the, the talking to our customers and listening to what they have to say back is something that will happen every day regardless of how busy I am. And then I can kind of swoop in when needed and give some guidance on the storytelling. <laughs> That's good. And I have uh, I've heard you say in the past that uh, working with your spouse is a blessing and a curse. Um, really, just because when you have great successes, you you celebrate simultaneously. But when there's challenges, you have to deal with that together as well. Yes. So how with, with those challenges, how do you um, what's your philosophy of getting past them and not letting it affect relationship and family well that is certainly the 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 most difficult part i mean we've had some some big bumps in the road i mean as you know we've had a store burned down where our store here in in grandview yes Um, (laughs) so uh you know we've when we've had other uh you know we've had to close a store uh along the way and and so it's it's difficult because if you have you know if you each have different jobs you can kind of lean on one another and you you know, you share about your bad day, and there, you know, your spouse or significant other is there to support you. And then, you know, you you play a different role when they're having a tough time. When you're in it together, then you're both in there, and you have to just find other ways to 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 cope with that. But the shared successes make that worth it. When you know, when we have a when we open a new store or we get a you know a big opportunity, uh, it's great to be able to have somebody that is sharing that same success that you are. So the the Probably the toughest thing is everybody's got a different idea of success. When you're going into when you're going into business, whether it's with a business partner or with your with your uh, significant other, some people might think like we need to make as much money as possible and that's success. There's other people who say like you know we need to be really well known and I want to be on covers of magazines. And there's other people who say I want to I want to open up a bunch of locations and then sell this down the road. There's all sorts of different definitions of success and paths to get to where you want to go. Uh, and so getting on the same page um, with what the plan is and what, you know, five years from now, if we're, if we've, if we're winning, what does that look like? Um, that's been probably the, the toughest part, but also the most rewarding part is now um, I know what success looks and feels like to Katisha, and it's different from mine, but we are able to balance out both of those things, and, and we're now speaking the same language. Wow. That's fascinating. I mean, I, I honestly, I can't imagine working with my spouse every day <laughs> just because I do, I do go home at night and, you know, I share things and I get um, kind of unbiased feedback <clears throat> and I think I can do that for, for him. So I, I enjoy that give and take, but I think that uh, having similar vision um, could be challenging. So I, 
applaud you both for that. It helps that we've got we've got different skills and different strengths uh, and weaknesses. So we, we're we're very complementary. So that I think if we were this if we were similar personalities, it would probably be even more difficult. Um, but everything to me looks like a million dollar opportunity that we just absolutely have to do, and everything looks to her like the the possible risk that might derail the success that we've built. And so. <laughs> Um, if I was running the company without her, we'd have 100 locations and we'd be bankrupt. <laughs> and if she was running the company, we'd have one absolutely perfect location, uh, but that would be as far as it would go. And so um, so the way you know we, we balance out each other that way and we know when we're in agreement on an opportunity and we're both on the same page, then it, that's how it moves forward. Otherwise, we, we both have veto power over the other. So it's, it works very well. Well, that's good. So speaking of locations, we can – Talk about that. You uh, thankfully are back in Grandview after yes. you know, the fire and then moving and you're right on Grandview Avenue where you should be. And that seems to be going well. It is. It's it's great. At Grandview, uh, so we, we started our business in Worthington 11 years ago and then almost immediately we opened up our second location. We opened our second location I think only four – Five months after we opened the first one. Oh, is that all? Yeah, yeah. The we we realized early on that we didn't want to um, that if we worked in the that if if Katish and I worked in the same store every day that we were going to end up killing one another. So <laughs> so we very quickly signed a lease, uh, but we also did it so we also did it so we could we could double the rate of experimentation. We had lots of ideas of of trying to get this idea of custom fragrance and flush it out and what products would people want to make and what's the best way of helping them through this and how many. Scent should we have to offer? How many products should we offer? There was there was so many questions in the beginning, and all you can do all the market testing and idea uh, spinning you want, but at the end of the day, you have to open and you have to really listen to what your customers have to say. So, so we signed that second lease almost immediately, and so Katish and I would meet for breakfast every morning, and then we would go to our separate stores. We'd open. We'd have any employees, so I would work one store from eleven to eight. She would work the other store from eleven to eight, and then we'd meet up for di- late night dinner and kind of compare notes. So it it. It doubled the rate of our us being able to try different things because she would move one display forward and I would move it back and she'd try one set of pricing and I'd try a different one and uh, mm-hmm. and so it worked out really well. It I don't know that I would recommend that as an approach because whenever we'd like learn a lesson, it would be double the cost of going back and fixing it in two stores versus one. Um, but it certainly helped us out. Uh, and so we were in Grandview almost right from the beginning and that community has been so great to us and we have a lot of – Really loyal fans there that have helped us, uh, you know, over all these years. And so to be back on the avenue in the space that we're in, right in the heart of the mix there has been, it's just been great. And, uh, the community has responded in kind. And the other communities you're in, of course, but I, I think, uh, it's very interesting the way you choose communities in which to open your stores. And it's clearly very deliberate and you look for, potential partnerships to promote the, the local business community as a whole. I, I know, of course, you want to, you know, put your brand in there and, and, and make that work, but you're very good about proactively working with others in the community. We, our business model is more reliant upon our neighbors than, than most places with. If you're, if you're a restaurant or you're a retail store, you know, people can park and walk in and eat your meal or buy your product and head back to their car. For us, when you make a candle or you make a soap or one of our other products, you, it takes an hour for it to be ready. So you're, we effectively trap you in these communities for an hour. So it's really important to us that we have neighbors that can take care of our customers and deliver the kind of experience that we want in our stores while they're waiting for that. So, you know, what you do in that hour gets compressed in your mind as part of our brand experience. So when we're going into a new neighborhood, um, 
In fact, next week we open up our second store down in Cincinnati, uh, out in Anderson Township. So the, the first thing we do when we find a community is we go and we have lunch and dinner in every restaurant, usually twice. And we're looking around to say, are these our customers? Are, is this a great experience? Is it good food? Is it good service? Is this something that our customers would enjoy doing while they're waiting? Uh, and if the answer is no, then, you know, then we really can't go there because that's really important. To, to what we're doing. So, so the restaurants, then the other experiences, the, our new Anderson Township, um, store is directly across, uh, the street from a Sky Zone trampoline center. Oh, yeah. So now we'll be able to bring in kids' birthday parties where you can pour a candle and then go bounce on the trampoline for an hour and then we'll deliver the candles over to them. So the more, the more of those great partners we have around us, the more of those kind of packages and experiences we can put together. And it's, uh, it's really essential for our business. And how much Tying into that and getting back to, a little bit to your marketing, how much of that business of uh, birthday parties and and uh, bachelorette parties and things like that, how much of that is just coming to you now versus when you started rather than you having to go out and, and seek those parties and opportunities? Yeah, in the beginning, the parties were something that we, we heavily marketed. We tried to promote. We, we, knew, that, we knew that we had a, 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 very, a fun and engaging experience of sitting at the bar and, and making these products, but it gets even better when – you are doing it with friends, um, and so whether it's whether it's a date night or it's a girls' night out or a kids' birthday party, if you're experiencing these scents together and you're talking about your mixes and oh smell this and oh I think I'm going to mix these two together and it it just it's sort of uh, it's an exponential enjoyment of the of this situation. So so we we marketed the parties in the beginning, we really promoted them, and now we don't really promote the parties because they just have a momentum of their own. Every time we book a party of eight ladies that come in to pour a candle. There's always one or two people in that group that have their own book club or their own church group or their own, uh, you know, mom's group that they want to assemble. So every party we book usually books us two or three more parties after that. So there's been a viral effect to that. Uh, so now, you know, every half hour on Saturdays, uh, you know, in most of our stores, it is just party after party after party, which is, which is great. Um, it requires a lot of staff and it requires a lot of <laughs> a lot of planning and logistics uh but it's great i wouldn't have it any other way it's uh, our bars are full and it's groups of people that are having a great time together and then they're then they're heading out into our into the districts where we have our our stores to support our neighbors uh and so you know when we deliver our candles you know you pour a candle and you go grab some lunch and then we deliver your candles to your table just as your meal is ending you know the the restaurants always appreciative that we brought brought a group there so um, it's been great. It's, it's, to me, it, to tie back to the, the beginning, it is the part of the business that I am the most proud of because even though I got out of politics, I still haven't lost that appetite to want to affect change within communities. And so it was important to me when we were building this business, even though it was about candles, to say, when we come to a district, I want to bring not just our business, but I want to bring our expertise about how businesses can work together. I want to drive traffic to our neighbors so that their numbers go up. And, you know, if we're, once we've been in a community for a year or two, people are saying like, I'm really glad the Candle Lab has come here. It's really made our downtown a lot better. So, uh, we come not just with our own, with our own products, but we come with a plan to try to, to tie everybody together into one cohesive, uh, shopping and dining experience. And, and, uh, that's the part I still enjoy the most. And, and I read, people's comments about that. I do follow you in a couple of different areas. I stalk you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> um, because again, I, I, I admire the way you do business and, and certainly the way you you do really engage the community and you do 
truly care about your neighbor businesses. And I, you know, I hope that they all appreciate that. I know that that's, um, <laughs> might be a stretch, but, um, you know, really it, it, I think that your staff not they not only do they know how to guide a customer into you know the perfect scented candle, but they know the area. And when my husband and I went in recently to the Worthington store, and we had an amazing staff member, um, just just great. And you know, we talked about the places locally that we should maybe try here. I, there was a really long line at the place we wanted to eat, so she says, "Why don't you try here? Have you? Oh my gosh, have you had this at this restaurant?" And you know, I love that they're they're having they're more of a visitor experience. Um, than than just talking about you know what's right there at their fingertips. Yeah, well, I think of them as as you know the hotel concierge is part of their job description. Um, you know they we we take them out to eat in the restaurants that surround us. We make sure that they you know that they know about the the other retail shops and experiences around us because they need to make the best possible recommendation for you so that you have the best possible time while you're waiting for your candle, uh, and that's what brings you back. So um, we have a good number of of staff dinners, how to make sure that they, they can make a very specific recommendation. Um, and, and, you know, there, there's a, I always tell people there's a cost to this. So we don't spend a lot of money on marketing, but we spend an enormous amount of money on payroll, um, in order to get the best possible people who can then deliver, not just like you said, not just the grid, the good scent part of the experience, but then also the helping you figure out, plan your evening or, um, you know, if you're a, trying to plan a bachelorette party from out of town, you know, we'll talk you through the, the neighborhood and where to park and where to eat and those kind of things. So our payroll is, is, is off the charts in terms of the typical ranges of retail, but we don't spend very much money on marketing. And so I, I, you know, I always justify it to our account as saying, if you just put our marketing and payroll budget together, we just put it all on the payroll side because the best marketing is a great experience in the store. And that's going to be what brings you back and have you bring friends with you when you come. And so that's how I justify our, our large payroll is that's, that is our marketing expense so that people will come back. And I think it's hugely justified because it's working. You know, I mean, I, I just told you about an experience that I hadn't told you about yet. And my husband hadn't been in, he'd been in to buy candles, but never make one. And right. it was just a great evening. We stopped, you know, next door to house wine and then you walk over to the next place to eat. And, you know, we did, we spent time in the area just because um, we had that hour and, uh, and your staff member talked up all of the other places. So how could we I'm resist? It was that. really wonderful. Good. Um, so I, I'd love to touch on what's coming up in another month um, downtown, what's going on, because it's really quite different from what you've done in other places, is it not? Or it is, is it just more space? No, it, no, this is, this is definitely something different. So um, in December, we are opening a new store directly across the street from the convention center. Um, this is going to have a first floor store where it's going to look very similar to our to our existing stores. But then we're going to have a basement uh, that's going to be available for uh, big groups to rent out. So in, in all of our stores, groups come in and they pour and then they head out in the community to go somewhere else to eat or drink or spend their time. This is going to be our first attempt to see if people will pour candles on the first floor, then head down to the basement and have their corporate meeting, their family reunion, their event gathering down there. Being across the street from the convention center, we're looking forward to um, being a place to have uh, kind of an evening reception. Once you finish your meetings for the day, you'll come across and you'll pour a candle and then have your, your cocktail hour, your, your dinner over there. Um, you know, there's a good number of 
dance competitions and volleyball tournaments and you know things that bring kids into the in the in the convention center. So we're going to be the place where if you've got a volleyball game in the morning and then you've got a volleyball game in the afternoon, the parents and the kids can come across the street, pour a candle, have lunch there, and head back across. So, so this is really catering to a, a completely different market, and to see if we can, if we're successful at bringing in groups, not just for candles, but for the the whole experience there. Um, and so, so each of our four stores in Columbus are in a little different neighborhood. They're they cater to a little different group. They're they're driven by uh, some different audiences and some different experiences there. So even within our our four stores here in town, we have a core story we're trying to tell. But the, 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 everything from the design to the people we hire as part of that experience, they're all slightly different to make sure that they're taking on the character of the neighborhood and of the people that are that are shopping there. So we're really excited about it. And when do you plan to open? Are you on track for December still? Well, yes. Let's say December for now. Okay. And uh, <laughs> there's there's a slim chance it will be open Black Friday. Uh, oh, my goodness. However, that's very slim. So let's say December and then hope for the best. And what is the square footage? So it's it's 1,800 square feet on uh, both floors. So 1,800 square feet store and then another 1,800 uh, in the basin. So we should be able to seat – 90 to 100 people comfortably for a, a sit-down meal in the basement, um, which is going to open up a lot of possibilities for all the things going there. There's a whole – you know, the short north is, has such a such an energy and a center of gravity, but there's so much development happening right around the convention center there with the, you know, with the north market and the development that's going in there. Right. Um, and there, there's six hotels within walking distance and soon to be a seventh. And so – um, with all of the things that they have down there, it's almost a, it's it's its own thing. It's not downtown. It's not the short north. It is you know right around the convention district, and and we're excited to be a part of that kind of reinvention of that area. Yeah, that's going to be an amazing addition. I love hearing it. Very excited. This is great stuff. So tell me um, where all four of your stores are in Columbus. So we have uh, we have one in downtown Worthington, uh, one on Grandview Avenue. One in the short north, and then this, then this fourth one will be right, right across from the convention center. Is, and that's the old Yankee Trader. The old Yankee Trader so space. Most yes. people in Columbus that have been here as long as I have will know what the exactly. Yankee Trader. I bought was. many Halloween costumes and <laughs> yes. party decorations. There, Absolutely, so. so great. That's that's really exciting. Yeah, the building has great great bones. It's they you know they've they've gutted it down to the kind of the the brick and the shell, and uh, it's just absolutely beautiful. Uh, Triad Architects is they bought the building and are are doing the remodel and and uh, Zach and his team have just done a really great job of putting that property together and and holding on to the history but they're they're going to make it look beautiful so I can't wait to see it that's going to be really exciting so I told you earlier that I, I kind of follow you and, and read some of the things you say are hilarious by the way um, <laughs> and just make my day most times um, but. Tell me who you who are your influencers? Who do you follow? One time when we were talking, this goes back a few years ago, um, you said you had been to a conference that maybe you go to every year uh, mm-hmm. in California. And one of the topics was if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to be in another room. And that has Absolutely. stuck with me. And I think that's just sage advice just generally. <laughs> but um, who are your influencers? Who do you follow? And Yeah, I, there's so there's several conferences I attend every year. Um, and I, I can chart the the real growth of the business back to the start of of this commitment, and you know the first the first really five years, Katisha and I just had our heads down, just grinding away. Um, you know, it took three it was three and a half years into the business before we even have t- had time to carve out time to get married. Um, you know, since we started when we were still dating, 
And then we, so we got married and, and we didn't have time to plan a wedding. We just emailed everybody and said, we're getting married on this cruise ship. It's a three day cruise. We'd love to have you on there. We just sent out the email to about 250 people. And oh my goodness. so we took the three day cruise, came right back and then right, back, went right back to work the very next day. So it was really the, the first five years was just like head down, grinding on the business and just trying to, um, you know, through trying to make it succeed through just sheer force of will. And then, uh, I went out to a, to a conference out in California, which I hadn't been to an event like this before, but it was, it was 150 business owners who, they were all a good bit farther down the path than I was in terms of success and just having things figured out. And I, I was – one of the rules at this conference is you can't check your phone or your email. Like you've got to be 100 percent present even in the break times. They want you connecting with one another. And so I showed up you know, trying to think creatively about how I could sneak away and check in on the stores and see how things are going, like get back to this one person who's waiting <laughs> for me. And I kind of mentioned it to a few people in the, the first day like – you know, hey, how do you get around this? Like, you got to be present rule. Like, uh, you know, and and none of them, none of them even seemed the least bit concerned about it. Their their businesses were running without them there. They were there to learn and soak up as much knowledge as possible to meet other people who were on the same journey that they were on, and then to take that back and get better at what they were doing. And so, it was that is the moment where I point to where I say I saw like a different way of owning a business than just in it every day trying to do everything yourself. Um, and so I came back from that and I immediately like took the leap of faith of hiring out all of the things that were taking up my time that were preventing me from either growing the business or spending time with my kids who had just been born at that point. I have a, I now have a, a five and a six year old and but they were babies at this point. And, and so I, I came back and we, we hired a, a, a full time nanny who helps me with the kids and does meal prep and grocery shopping. We hired, lawn care so that I didn't have to come home and mow the grass. I, I, I limited myself to either want to be growing the business or I want to be playing with my children and everything else uh, I'm going to hire out. And that really was the, the switch that flipped. Um, as soon as my time was freed up to be more strategic and thinking about the, you know, what is the best thing I can be doing at this, this moment? Um, and as soon as I started to focus on that, then all sorts of other things go. So my, my influences are still – I still go out to that group, uh, that conference every year. It's called Mastermind Talks. Um, and my in, my influences are the people that are in that room that are – There's I think there's no such thing as work-life balance even though that gets talked about a lot. But there is work-life alignment where you're, those two things are in service of one another. And so I have my perfect day scripted out and – to the extent possible, every day matches that model. And as long as I'm sticking to my perfect day format, the work is getting done. My I'm present for my family and uh, the company keeps moving forward. And then if I find that I am, I'm getting derailed onto other things, I figure out where the source of that derailment is coming. I get that stuff fixed and off my plate and then I go right back to to the rhythm of my day. So those the the people in that in that conference and that that I still could spend a good bit of time with um they're just my they're my ongoing inspiration of where you wake up in the morning and your business and your life seem like effortlessly aligned. Well, I usually ask what uh, piece of advice would you give somebody just starting out in business, but I think that kind of sums it up. Have work life yes. alignment and and let go of the things that are Bogging you down. Yeah, there's there is a, there's a great exercise um, called the perfect day where you you basically 
if you go three years out and you say money and locate, you know, there's no, there's no limitations. You're obviously, you're stuck with your family. That, that part you, you, you can't get rid of. So you keep your, you keep your family there, but the location where you live and the work you're doing and the place where you're spending your time, all those things, all those, uh, controls are lifted and you just say, like, if I, if I could script my perfect day, what would it be? And, you know, where, where are you waking up? What is the room that you're in? Who are you waking up next to? Is your, are you going to get coffee? Is your coffee made for you? Are you, grinding your own beans and making your coffee. Every minute detail you script out. And when you're released of kind of a lot of those controls, you can you really start to see the things that you want to be working towards. And so then now when I'm making decisions about, you know, how I'm going to set up my day, I, I have something that I can check it again. So, you know, for a while we were building a big team at the corporate office. And when I listed out my perfect day, it was like after I've done my morning routine and got my kids off to school. I want to go into an office where there's a small group of people there who are, who I enjoy spending time with independent of the work that we're doing. Um, and who we're all on the same mission. We're all passionate about. It. And so, you know, we, we, we kind of hit pause on growing up the big company staff and we've shrunk it back down now. And so I, I go and I've, uh, there's, there's really five people that I interact with the most. And I don't really want the team to get any bigger than that because that's the number of people who I, who I can really invest in and, and check in on the work that they're doing. And, um, and so then we've kind of distributed out the management stuff. So really each, each aspect of the day is set up to be, um, the work I want to be doing and the work I need to be doing, but done in a way that, you know, fits perfectly. I, I, when we were trying to schedule this, I sent you a link to my calendar yeah. to book this. I said, here, grab whatever, grab whatever slot you want. You probably noticed that you cannot get on my calendar before 930 in the morning. And that's because, Taking my two girls to school in the morning, one goes to preschool, one goes to kindergarten, is that part is sacred. I, that is the thing I do each day. It's I want to get them in the right frame of mind heading off to school. And so, you know, I get up at six in the morning and I work from six to seven before they get up. And then from seven to nine, I am all about getting them out the door and, you know, getting their day started successfully. And then I head in the office at nine and I work from nine to four and then I'm home from four to eight to be present with them. They go to bed at eight and then I work from like eight to 11 every night. Um, and so if you look at my work day, I'm six to seven and then nine 30 to four and then eight to 11, which usually ends up being midnight. <laughs> so my work day is very spread out, but it fits exactly with the times of the day that I'm sharpest and can do my best work. It fits with the rhythm of my children. Um, and so uh, it, it serves my life perfectly and and I love it. So that is that is probably my number one tip is just the more time you can spend thinking about how to set that up, set yourself up for success, the the better you'll be. That's I loved hearing that because that's uh, interestingly exactly what I did when um, I started with the chamber several years ago. Is I just I said you know I'll give you a hundred and ten percent at all times, but it needs to be around my kids. Absolutely. And so they were kind enough to, to allow me to work my schedule that way. And I think that's why, you know, I love coming in every day because I don't feel that tug of I'm missing something or I can't be somewhere that I really want to be. And that, that, that was the one thing that was important to me was, you know, the, the family, I, I would say balance, but maybe I should say alignment. <laughs> um, but it is really important. So I, I love right. that, that you've made that happen. And as a business owner and as a, as a, a family that's fantastic. Thank so you. we'll we'll end with this. What would you like for your children to say about you when they're adults? What 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 would what would you like for them to have learned from you? Ooh. 
I mean, I that's that's a big one. I would say, um, you know, we we my wife and I both work every day to make sure that they understand the connection between the company that we're building and the time we're able to spend with them. The fact that we can, you know, come to all their concerts in the middle of the day when when not every parent can do that, and the fact that we work very hard during parts of the year where they don't see us as much, and the, you know, the grandparents are effectively raising our kids and then there's other times of the year where we can take a month off and we go you know on vacation with them so i think they've i think they're getting the message that the work that we're doing is in service of our family to make sure that we can create the life for them that we that we want to do and and to be present for them when they you know when they need us and so um you know whatever they choose to do i think if they can if they can go into it with that same inspiration um you know they're going to be they're going to be set up for for a happy life um i could not be more grateful for the the brand we've built the people we're able to employ and the time spent with my family i look at all three of those as things that i'm incredibly proud of and that have been all conscious decisions they didn't they didn't happen by accident they are they are a a choice and so I hope that they, whatever they decide to do, that they can, that they are in the position to make those same choices. Thank you. It's a you. great note to end on. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Appreciate it, Steve. Thanks for subscribing, downloading, and listening to Business Inspires, a monthly podcast of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. Our innovative and active chamber is successful because of our smart and engaged members who cultivate our strong business community. With more than 60 years as an integral part of the Grandview, Upper Arlington, and Marble Cliff communities, the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership is dedicated to a single purpose – the success of the business community. You can find a link to our website in the podcast notes to learn more about the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. For information about this podcast, to schedule a guest appearance, or to find out more about sponsoring this podcast, our contact information is in the podcast notes. Make sure you rate and review our podcast on iTunes. That helps us spread the word about Business Inspires. Circle270media.com Tune into Haycar's new podcast series, The Road to a Simple Life. And join me, Vernon Kay, as I chat to McFly's Harry Judd, Ian Haste of Haste Kitchen, and Money Magpie's Jasmine Bertles about how they keep things simple across their family, food, and financial lives. The Road to a Simple Life is brought to you by Haycar, the new website for used cars that promise to make finding your perfect used car simpler than ever. Find us on all major podcast channels or head to haycar.co.uk forward slash simple for all of the episodes. With OneNet on Vodafone Business, you can make and receive landline calls from your mobile, meaning your office could be here. Or here. Or more likely, here. Hello, Saunders Designs. How can I help? Your office can be anywhere with our OneNet virtual landline. Available on our new and limited data plans. The future is exciting. Ready? Vodafone Business. Max download, upload speeds, apply to data. Coverage may vary. Unlimited and one net terms at vodafone.co.uk slash terms.